When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. G'day, Mike Hussey here, but you can call me Mr. Supercoach. KFC Supercoach BBL is back and there's 25 grand up for grabs. So what are you waiting for? Play today at supercoach.com.au. T's and C's apply. New South Wales authorisation number TP slash 01005. Right now, let's cross to our rugby league writer for Sports Freak New Zealand. It's Stephen Gallagher. Stephen, how are you? Oh, kia ora, Dean. How are you? I'm good, mate. I'm good, my man. Look, I'll be honest. I'm in a bit of a uh, Commonwealth Games frenzy at the moment. Uh, I've, I've got swept up. I've got, I've got, I've got into it. Are you getting into it, Stephen? Oh, look. To be honest, I didn't even really kind of realise it was on, which is a terrible, no, terrible New Zealander of me. <laughs> but um, it's just so much bloody sport to be watching, oh. and then all of a sudden I'm blindsided by the Birmingham Games, and it's all on. And I know the hockey team's beaten Kenya sixteen nil, and we've won about. <laughs> thousand medals it's like just what's going on yeah i know it's 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 crazy i'm the same i i was kind of late to the party as well thinking i don't care whatever Birmingham the uh, the the opening ceremonies on whatever then all of a sudden it's all go and we're all go but you're right there is so much sport on your you're the rugby league man. Let's let's get into it, um, Sim. Because let's be honest, the NRL is the, a sport that that just keeps on giving. We'll start with uh, well, the, the closest one to us, the Storm. You know, they they beat the Warriors. They got home twenty four twelve. But Nelson Asafa Solomona not getting charged. What is going on? That uh, that probably sums up rugby league. To be honest, it probably sums up everything we've seen in the NRL uh, in in twenty twenty two. Disgraceful. Mm. Uh, his actions on the field uh, definitely warranted time in the sin bin, if not time on the sideline. Uh, and to walk away from that game where he could have easily broken uh, Wade Egan's jaw, mm. uh, it was pretty, some pretty, pretty awful scenes, you know. And then I think he, he almost got given a, a task on on Friday night and got carried away with it because he was just he he looked like there was just. He just saw the red mist from the from the from the get go, and there was just no reining him in. It was it was it was it was not pretty, not pretty at all. No, you're right. I was the same. I, I watched the game like you, and yeah, he was uh, he was out of control from, right from the start. Um, we've got the match review committee chairman Luke Patton on the decision not to charge Nelson Asafa Solomona. Says Nelson's arm was across Egan's chest. We believe it was only minor contact to the head. You're kidding me, right? Well, yeah, and I, this is the thing, right? If Wade Egan had probably come off with a broken jaw, we would have seen Nelson Asafa Solomona charged. And mm. but we're setting a we're setting a dangerous precedent here by uh, only charging players if the other uh, opposing player gets severely injured, where that shouldn't necessarily be the case, right? Mm. We should be punishing these guys for their actions, regardless of how injured or non-injured the people are getting. So yeah. I, I disagree with Luke Patton. I am uh, wholeheartedly disagree with what he's trying to say. Uh, if that's minimal contact, I'd hate to see what uh, a really physical contact would be because he probably would have cut his head off, you know? It was it was horrible. That is right. That's the thing with the league. That's so inconsistent. Some guy will do something and get three weeks. You go, why do you get three weeks? That's, that's one week. And others will do this and they get absolutely nothing. I think that's what upsets uh, the fans. I know it does when I'm watching Stephen. And also watching this game with the Storm, okay, we expected them to win. 
What did you see in the Warriors? Did you see anything there? We go, okay, there, there's hope here for the last few games. Uh, no, <laughs> no. Short answer, no. Look, um, uh, look, they they just like any other side mm. probably would have beaten the Storm mm. on Friday night. The Storm weren't very good at all. No, you know? like um, Edward Cossey scored three tries. The Warriors couldn't bloody kick a goal to save their lives. Um. It just looked a bit clunky. It just looked a bit off. Look, they might. They, I think they play the Titans in about round 25, and that's about the closest you're going to get to a win, I think, before the year's out. Yeah, you're 100% right. I'm watching the Storm, and we've all seen it. You know, they've lost four in a row, and if they played anyone else, they might well have lost five in a row. What has gone wrong with the Storm? What What is missing? I think they've just... They're, they're uh, they've always had this next man up mentality mm. always, um, and we've seen we've seen guys become household names uh, from that, you know, and get a starting position because of another player's got out injured. But they've got so many players out injured at the moment that they're just really struggling, and the next man up isn't just quite up to standard. But you think about uh, from that 2020 uh, Grand Final winning squad, you know, they've lost uh, Tino Fatasu Malaawi. Next mm. year they're going to lose Brandon Smith. Dale Finucane's gone. So, yes. you know, in, and then next year, they're also going to lose the Bromwich brothers and um, a couple other players to the Redcliffe Dolphins. So they're actually in a bit of a pickle, I think. Um, and they, no one knows what's going to happen with Cameron Munster either, whether he's going to go or stay. But uh, the thing is, I think the Melbourne Storm are just aren't, as, aren't where they have been in previous years. And... Uh, Every other NRL club and any every other NRL fan is absolutely loving it because now they know what it feels like to lose. You know, this is the most consistent, the most consistent NRL team in the last twenty years. Yes, and they've lost start to start to spring a few games. You know, where they've lost things, and and now Melbourne fans are going to have to wake up some Monday mornings and think, oh, the week's going to suck because we lost. You know, like. <laughs> Warriors fans have been dealing with that for 27 years. Well, yeah, that, that's 100% right. I mean, that's the thing with the Storm. They've invested big in, you know, Hughes and Munster and Pappenhausen. But Pappenhausen, you know, he's, the injuries are starting to accumulate now. And um, what do you think What do you is going to happen with him next season? Look, I, the, the, probably the timing of this, uh, this uh, fractured uh, kneecap is probably quite good for him because now he's, he's not going to go, you know, away and play in the World Cup. He's just going to have spend time to rehab. Mm. Uh, you've got time to work on um, everything else. Just get, just lay off anything at the moment. Like he's off, you know, he's, he's on one leg. So hopefully it's not causing any issues with the hamstring. But he'll go into the end of, you'll uh, go into the off season in about December. He'll be on some light duties. And probably it'll be for the best for him because he won't start really picking things up until about January, February next year. And that might might end up being a godsend for him. But um, injuries are always a massive concern. And, and when you've, you know, you've had a couple of serious ones in one year, it, it's really hard and takes a lot of me- mental fortitude to bounce back. And hopefully that he's got that within him. Yeah, I hope so too, because when he is on form, he is one of the best players in the NRL. I love watching him play. Um, for the Warriors themselves, of course, okay, the season is a write-off. Next season, um, they lose Reese Walsh. What's your thoughts on that? Me personally, I've seen. I, I do think he's overrated. If I'm being 100% honest, Stephen, I he's good. He's got something, but I don't think he's. I don't think he's the be-all and end-all. No, no, I think the the Warriors need consistency. Uh, if anything, and that's what something that Charles Nickel Klukstad is going to provide for them. Mm. You know, he's, he's a very good defensive player, 
Um, Reese Walsh is, you know, very green. He's very raw. Mm. He's only played 32 NRL games, you know. Charles Nukokuch has been around for about six or seven years now. He's played in the grand final. Mm. Uh, he's played in a very good Raiders side. We're going to, I think well, I think the Warriors are going to get good investment on this return, you know. And obviously, it'd be great to keep someone like Reese Walsh because he is a live wire, but I think they, that's not what they're looking for at the moment. They need someone a little bit more bit more starchy in the back line, and I think that's what see, uh, Chance is going to offer. Yeah, I mean, I watch I watch the Warriors as well, and I, I know Tohu Harris is the captain, and I think he's one of those captains who leads by example. I think they need someone in that side who barks at players and tells them what mm. to do and where to go. That's what I think is really is really missing. I don't think that's Sean Johnson. I don't think that he's I don't think he's a natural fit for that. No, it's, it's, and when you sort of think of those sorts of players, there's not really a hell of a lot of them running around at the moment either. We don't really have a, a dominant half. You know, you look mm. at the likes of someone like uh, Nathan Cleary, you know, you know, he's going to be getting into his players. He's trying to give, get them where they need to go. The same with the likes of Adam Reynolds, uh, Nico Hines, they're all very good halfbacks because they're all very good at getting a field around, uh, getting a, their sides around the field. Yeah, that's exactly right. And that's what... That's exactly what the Warriors need. And you mentioned the name there, Nathan Cleary, of course. Well, it was one of the, I don't know if it was an upset, but the Eels certainly put the Panthers away 34-10. What did you make mm. of uh, Nathan Cleary being sent off? Yeah, so uh, most Friday nights, me and a couple of mates, we get together, have, have a couple of craft beers, and we, and we watch both footy games. And nice. We, and we all looked at each other. Mm. We all looked at each other. As soon as the incident said, and we said, that's four to five weeks, and uh, obviously it came out uh, on, on Sunday mm. and that uh, he's going to sit out the rest of the regular season. He's going to get a five-match suspension. Obviously, that's not within his... That's not how he normally plays. Uh, a tackle gone bad. Grateful that no one was seriously injured. But, yeah, that's... You know, we've got to stamp that stuff out of rugby league. It was... For five weeks. It was, and I'm, I'm, I'm exactly the same. We were watching myself and my wife. It was absolutely an unbelievable... It was almost surreal. It was like, Nathan, what... What did he do? Why? Why he didn't need to do that? It was like just a complete brain fade. Yeah, it really was. I don't know whether it was those uh, gold band Carter boots he had on, or, or, or you know, that was cutting off a bit of circulation to the head. But he, uh, yeah, just you know, a rush of blood. You get caught up in the moment. You know, just a half half a flip took him over, and then he was on his head, and that was all over. And there was, there was no other uh, thing that the referee was going to have to do. He was always going to be sent off and he was always going to be suspended for, for a long time. Absolutely. So, uh, great great that, that it's a good outcome, but um, I think uh, Nathan Osafa Solomon is going to feel pretty good about what he's gotten. So, yeah, know, yeah. Can't win them all, but... Uh, <laughs> Look, yeah. I, I gotta, Frustrating. i got to agree with you about those golden boots. I mean, they just... I mean... I, you know, I don't mind people wearing coloured boots, but golden boots is like, oh, you sew up yourself. You've now got golden boots. <laughs> you know, they had, they, had the, they had the All Blacks logo on them. They had a Dan Carter signature on them. Look, they were they were very special, but I don't think you'll ever wear them again after getting suspended. So that was they're, that, they're probably just going to go sit on the uh, on the mantelpiece for the rest of the year. That was the best shot of the night when they cut to the dressing room and they had the close up on the gold <laughs> boots by the business. Like, yeah, oh man, that that's perfect. But let's be honest too. This was a good win for the Eels, but. Can they really judge it as a, a, a top win? I know they were ahead before Nathan Cleary went off, but they're so inconsistent, these Eels. Do you think this is a genuine reflection of their, of their team this year? 
Yeah, one one thing I remember hearing Cameron Smith say is that the last game of the season will always define how uh, your season's gone out, right? And mm. I think it's so hard to pick how Parramatta are going to end the season. Like they definitely have the squad. Their premiership window's pretty much over at the end of this year, I'd say. If they're going to lose a few of these very key players. Mm. Um, I need to see more consistency from them. Because, you know, even in the second half after that, because they were rampant in the first half. Yeah. The second half, though, they, they I think the, the, there was only six all in the second half or something like that, you know. And they kind of just, you know, admittedly, they would have known that they'd uh, taken the, the foot off the throttle. But um, they need to continue to get up for every game and not just the big games. Yeah, that's the thing. I, I, I saw that too. And, the second half was, it was, if anything, Penrith wanted it more. And let me ask you this then, uh, this Panthers side, is it a good news that uh, Nathan Cleary takes a break? Jerome Luai, is, is, is Jerome Luai injured as well? Yeah, so he's got a, a, a slight uh, MCL tear or something like that. He's going to miss six weeks or something like that. So I think they'll both make it back to the first week of the finals. Okay, okay. So they'll still be, I mean, let's be fair. The Panthers are the form team of this competition. And if they, you would say, suggest if they both come back, they should still be sweet for the finals. Yeah, and I think, look, they they play the Warriors in a few weeks, and that'll probably secure them the minor premiership. So I think they'll still they'll still probably canter in. They do have some tough matches, um, you know, ahead of themselves. You know, they've got a really tough draw to sort of round out the year. I know uh, next week, I'm pretty sure that they're, that they're playing, uh, who is it here? They got the... The cow, uh, the Raiders, I think it is next mm. week. So you know the way that the Raiders have been playing, they're they're going to be hard to beat in the, in the games in Canberra as well. So you know these Panthers are going to have you know a lot to answer. But we've seen that they can compete. You know they're you know Nathan Cleary isn't the be all and end all of this Panthers side. They are a brilliant team. Mm. Uh, Isaiah Yao is is the guy for me. He's probably their best player. Um, Dylan Edwards is such the glue at the back, and they've got so you know Isaac Pango and uh, Brian To'o and uh, Tylan May. They've just got such a good uh, side that they will still compete regardless of missing uh, Nathan and uh, Jerome. Yeah, I think you're totally right. And you mentioned the Raiders as well. They had a, a good win um, over the Titans. Do you think they've got enough though? Because let's be fair, Stephen, this race for seventh and eighth is pretty tough. Yeah, look, I I think you know there are three. It's pretty much a three horse race. That there's three go into two here. We've got you know the Rabbitohs sitting on seven, the Roosters on eight, the Raiders on nine. Mm. You know, so I don't think the Seagulls are going to make it. Don't think the Dragons are going to make it. Their team's ten and eleven. So really, mm. for the Raiders, their points differential is not very good. So they need to keep winning and keep winning well and, and start taking points away from the opposition. Okay, that's that, that's good advice. You mentioned one of the other teams there as well. Uh, the Roosters, they found a bit of form lately. Another win, a big win over Manly as well. That that was almost, not a do or die, but it was close to it, wasn't it? Yeah, and those are always kind of like a banana peel game as well, you know, with the Seagulls, uh, seven players missing uh, for obvious reasons. We know all about that. Don't need to sort of delve into that sort of stuff. But the Roosters did what they needed to do. They won. They came away with two points, mm. you know, and they've got a really, really tough game this Thursday against the Broncos. So, it's, again, it's, it's almost like the finals is really starting from this weekend. There's so many good games coming up. We're very lucky. We are very lucky. And, yeah, the Broncos, man, they got they – got they got beaten and well beaten by the West Tigers, who looked like the better side in that game. What happened in that one? 
Well, I think maybe the Tigers. Um, well, there's one or two ways this game was going to go for the Tigers. Now they were going to they were going to let that Cowboys result just absolutely derail them, deflate them. They weren't going to be able to bounce back for it, or they were going to use that as uh, motivation to get up and really show that you know they deserve to win. And I think uh, the the best thing I saw was the uh, the Tigers uh, on Facebook put up two wins in a row, which I thought was uh, <laughs> quite tongue in cheek. <laughs> Sticking it to the NRL, so I thought that was quite clever. So props to the social media team for the Tigers and their on-field teams. They deserve that game. They played really well. Abs- a great result against the Broncos. Look, absolutely. I watched that game too, and I thought, yeah, this is no fluke. The Tigers are, are, are deserving this win. Um, <coughs> sorry, a bit of an injury, though. They lost, was it Hastings, with a was it a broken ankle? Yeah, yeah, a broken bone in his leg. And one of the things I admire the most about uh, Jackson Hastings is that, you know, after the game, he's on crutches walking around taking photos and signing uh, signing autographs for fans. And that sort of shows the calibre of the person he is. And that's the sort of guy that you want to build your team around. So hopefully the, the, the Tigers can keep him there and, and, you know, things will start looking up for 2023. And what did you make of the result? Uh, what was a, It was a great, it was a cracking finish. The Sharks getting home over the Rabbitohs. Did you see that one? Or you, I, I thought the Rabbitohs were going to get this one because they've been on such a roll lately, but the Sharks and Nico Hines, wow. Yeah, I, t- I took the Rabbitohs. You know, uh, they've been a, a different beast since Latrell Mitchell's come back from the uh, the United States and he's looking uh, in, in incredible form. And I just think it sort of goes to show that just how far Cronulla have come in the last 12 months. You know, they uh, they looked really good. Uh, you know, Latrell had three... Uh, field goal opportunities and golden point missed them all and and it just happened to be uh nico hines that got the chocolates in the end and it was a bloody good game and i think the result was fair i think the sharks did play the better of the two sides and they took good opportunities when it counted and um you know you'd you'd I don't think uh, Nico Hines would have bought a beer that night, that's for sure. <laughs> it's funny. My wife's a big Nico Hines fan. I'm not sure it's for his playing ability, but she certainly likes it when he's on the pitch. Um, but, yeah, <laughs> that guy, he is calm, under pressure. He, he gets them around the park. I was very impressed by his performance. He's he's, And they've got enough forwards, and they've got they've certainly got a back line which can threaten. Yeah, you know, like uh, um, what I really like is that they've got – Connor, Connor Tracy kind of fills all these gaps in the back line, you know, mm. with uh, Fiona Katoa injured now, so he's sort of been um, playing on the wing or, or playing in the centres, and he's just he's just a Mr. Fix-It for them, and he's got so much energy, and he's just a great player, and he, he nothing seems to phase him. Uh, Jesse Ramian's in career-best form, which is fantastic to see. Uh, Talakai as well. Look, yes. Wouldn't want to run at him. No. Um, and, you know, Mulatalo's leap as well. It was like watching an AFL game, the way he got up and took that ball and scored that try. Yeah, that that was incredible, man. That you, you see the jump, the height. No one was going to get near him. And it's like, well, if you can get the kicks right, that's going to happen all day. But let me ask you about the Rabbitohs. They're such a, I don't know, what's the, I mean, Cody Walker, he was cold at the start of the season. Then he's back again. Now he seems to get angry every five seconds. And then Latrell comes back and then they're all going for it. I, I thought Latrell was very quiet in that game on the on the weekend. Yeah, but maybe maybe the conditions weren't um, suited to his style of game. Look, it, it was pretty awful conditions in Cronulla. Um, but uh, one thing that I did didn't mind so much that you know he he did, wasn't necessarily heavily involved. But the 
Rabideau still stuck at it. You know, they got very close. Um, you know, scored that try with a minute and a half to go. That sort of led them. So it sort of shows to me that in these really tight games, you know, if, if Latrell Mitchell does get the opportunity to stand up and deliver, they'll win. But it just it was an off night for him. They didn't quite get the result they wanted. But um, I don't think they need to be too deterred about where they're going to go for the season. They'll definitely compete when it comes to the, to the finals. And then you've got a team who I think have surprised everyone the most, the North Queensland Cowboys, 34-8 over the Dragons, second on the table. What an unbelievable season they are having. Yep. Uh, Todd Payton, eh? What, a, what an amazing coach that guy <laughs> might have been, eh? Yeah. Far yeah. out. I know. Yeah. Oh, jeez. <laughs> Yeah, it's ridiculous when you see that, eh? It's like, oh, okay, so you've gone up there. You've turned... I mean, they were practically wooden spooners the other year, and now they're riding high at the top of the table. Chad Townsend's in, like you say, career-best form as well. Um, they they just seem... I don't know what it is. They just seem fitter than many other teams. Yeah, I, I heard that uh, during during the off-season that uh, Todd Payton tried to put the, the Cowboys in as many uncomfortable positions as, as he possibly could. So he was getting them up out of bed all hours of night. They were just tackling. They, did so much, they spent so much time oh. tackling and bonding that, that I think that nothing was ever going to be too much for them when it came to the to the actual season. You can see just how committed they are. Like oh. uh, a few weeks ago... Uh, Someone got a, a runaway against him, and there were seven Cowboys in the frame chasing him. They ended up chasing him down. I think it was against the Broncos a few weeks ago. But, you know, they just they just seem to be playing for each other, and they're also just having fun. You know, yeah. and I think that, you know, when, when you're enjoying yourself and footy's having it great, you know, like, it's like, it's so much easier to play. It's so much easier to win. And, you know, like, they, I think they realise how lucky they, you know, they got against the Tigers, and then they thought, well, we can't let that slip, you know, we're... Finals are only five weeks around the corner. If we play like that again, you know, and when it comes to the business end of the season, we might not get so lucky. So, um, you know, it, it was a, a, a niggly game sort of in the first half, first 50 minutes. Uh, the, the Dragons kept in there, but um, they just, you know, I don't even think by the end of it they got out of third gear. The Cowboys, they were brilliant on Sunday. Yeah, they surely were. And uh, Newcastle coach Adam O'Brien, he's come under fire for his comments in a press conference, said previous to getting this job here, I was involved in four grand finals. What do you make of that one, Stephen? Yeah, that, that was quite odd from Adam O'Brien. Like, he, he doesn't really um, give give me the vibe of being that sort of guy. He's obviously under a little bit of pressure, but let's be honest, he's taken the, the Newcastle Knights to two final series in a row. This year's obviously not his year. They've had a few injuries, right, right, right. But yeah, they were, they were very odd comments. Uh, I don't know what he was trying to achieve with that. No. Uh, just made him look like a bit of an egg. But um, he's obviously frustrated. Um, wasn't his day, you know. The Bulldogs well and truly got over the top of them. Um, yeah, very strange. Very strange from Adam O'Brien. Not really sure what he was trying to do there. No, it sounded like a man who's trying to keep his job, you know, and the coaching merry-go-round that is the NRL. But on the flip side, the Bulldogs, three in a row, you know, uh, you know, Burton to Adokar, Four points, boom. Yep, uh, and I, and I think uh, if they keep this um, combination going, I think uh, Freddie Fitler will be very interested to see how they go uh, in, in picking those two uh, for New South Wales next year. Mm. Uh, Jerome Luai's spot will definitely be under a bit of pressure, and I think you know combinations are so important, but. The, the energy that Josh Adokar brings to any team is undeniable. Like he's he's, he's such a, an incredible force on.
on the field. He, he knows exactly how to get the best out of his teammates. He brings so much energy. He brings so much vibe. He's just a, a great player. Like you, Imagine going to work with someone like that. You know, yeah. you know he's got you back 100% of the time. He'll get you up. He'll G you up. He'll be there, you know, having a bit of a laugh. But he also knows when to, have a, you know, when to get stuck in and head down, bum up. And you know, I have so much admiration for Josh Adokar, the way, the way he's gone about this year, especially too, uh, you know, not getting picked for origin. Bit of a slow start. You know, they've lost a coach halfway through the year. And he just seems to be flying at the moment. And I just I just love to see players flourish. And whatever Mick Potter's doing at Canterbury Bankstown, it seems to be working and I hope he keeps it, he keeps his job. You know, I don't think they need anyone else at the moment. Yeah, I was going to say because at the start of the year, I mean, Ado Car looked a bit disinterested, but they, but they weren't really gelling. But then all of a sudden, it started to pick up speed. Then Mick Potter comes on board. Now they look like world beaters. Ado Car is having the time of his life. I agree with you. I love his energy and the things he brings, and when he gets scores a try and does all the celebrations, and even the other week when they had him mic'd up on, a, I can't remember the show, like Benji or whatever. It's so yeah, good to hear yeah. what they say. It's it, he was really way more talkative than I thought he would be. Yeah, and you think right, someone out on the wing probably doesn't have too much to say. He's just probably on the receiving end of instructions. Mm. But you know, you can you can you can tell that he was uh, very much a senior player in the side, and and you know, people look up to him, players look up to him. You know, they've only got this young uh, this young fella on the other wing, Jacob Carreras, and you know, he must be really loving learning and, and picking things up off Josh Adokar at training every week. All right, Stephen, before I let you go, mate, I want your um, – who's coming seventh and eighth in the NRL? Who's making it? Uh, yeah, look, I I, I think I think it's going to be the Rabbitohs or Eels coming in in seventh, and I think I think the, the Raiders will finish eighth. I think the Roosters are just going to miss out. I just don't think – just don't think they're, they're the team they have been in the last couple of years, and I, and I really like the way the Raiders are playing, so I think they'll sneak into the top Rabbitohs eight. and Roosters, my wife won't be happy. She's a big Joey Manu fan as well. Oh, boy. Okay. Well, right. she's obviously got a type, mate. So uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know how I fit into that type, but uh, <laughs> oh well, <laughs> it is what it is. Hey, Stephen, great talking with you, mate, and uh, hopefully we'll do it again sometime. Awesome. Take it easy, mate. See you later. See you later. There you go, Stephen Gallagher, the rugby league writer for Sports Freak.